listener exclusive. It is Monday, April 11th. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And Will, I just, I just get this terrible, terrible feeling that the Saints are setting me up for a real big sink killing me moment. It's just things are travelling too well. I don't recognise this team out there. They're hitting targets. They're playing aggressive pressure footy. They're using the corridor. We seem to have like stars across each line. I don't know when it's going to come, but I get the feeling there's a you're sink killing me moment coming. And I don't know what it's yeah. going to be, but it Grand feels final like... Day. Grand <laughs> final day when you get beaten by Melbourne by 100 points. <laughs> Well, I feel like in the past with Richmondy and disappointing, yeah. I mean, I'm fine with that prediction because we predicted that as well for both those two teams. So if it's a case of, yeah, look, you're going to get to the big dance and they're going to humiliate you, then fine. I'm okay. I'm, I'm scared it's going to happen a bit earlier and it's going to be calamitous. I don't know what it'll be yet, but I just get my... My, my waters and my waters, I feel something around about round 13 or round 14. That's when something weird's going to happen. Like, I don't know, Max King is going to have a freak accident where he's going to kick the ball into his own head and be out for the rest of the season. Or it's going to be turn out that Jack Steele was actually born overseas and can't actually qualify for the Australian Football League because he doesn't have an Australian passport. It'll be some bizarre, never-before-seen occurrence that'll just ruin the Saints' season. This is the difference between St Kilda fans and Carlton fans, isn't it? Like Carlton, <laughs> they won three games after like 20 years of being shit. They won three games and they were like, we're going to win the premiership. We're probably going to win the premiership. I reckon Cripps is going to win the Brownlow. Sam Bosch is going to come second in the Brownlow and we're going to win the premiership. And St Kilda, you just play really fantastic football for a few weeks and you're just like, oh God, what's going to happen in round 13? <laughs> yeah. You've got a real post-COVID attitude. Like that's yeah. how I feel about everything in the world. I'm just yes. like, what's going to happen next? There's going to be another fucking flood. It's raining again. Like you've got that with St Kilda. Yeah, absolutely. And it's really hard because I want to enjoy it. And I remember like last year, someone asked like, oh, who's your favorite player at St Kilda? And I surprised a few people by saying Paddy Ryder. And I don't, I have not backed away from that opinion. I, look, I love all of them, but he is such a good player to watch. Like he's 34 years old and he, he just makes us nastier. Like he's actually like seemed like a really lovely, gentle guy. But on the ground, I'm not sure if you saw, he laid out Will Day, you know, we'll probably get a week for it. Apologized afterwards. But at one point um, after that, Hawthorne were getting into him. And so he gave away a free kick. And then after that, there was another incident with him and Ben Long and, and so he was running off and as the umpire was kind of cautioning him, he was saying to the umpire, well, what can I do? But not in a sarcastic, oh, like, can't even touch him, but literally asking the umpire, where's no, the line? what can I do? Yeah. Tell me where the line is because <laughs> yeah. I need to go right up to the line. Yeah, I really want to hurt someone. So just tell me. Just I'm happy yeah. to stay within the rules, but just tell me how I can lay out a few hawks. It was great. Yeah, run me through the Geneva Conventions of what level of pain I can inflict on my enemy because I want to play by the rules, but I definitely want to go after them. I think that Paddy Ryder, 
This might be an interesting new tactic for Paddy Ryder because clearly he's going to be nursed through the season regardless. Yes. Like at that age, with his body in the shape that it is, he can't play every game. So can they structure a season where he just like, could he be the first person to get like 30 Brownlow votes, but also 10 weeks off in suspension? So it's basically the Tony Lockett principle. Is that what you're saying? Like while you're playing, kick 10 goals a game. And then it takes six weeks off. Not six weeks. That's the problem. You just need to do these little one weekers. So if you just go across the line, if you miss one week, maybe mid-season, you can really punch someone every couple of weeks off, maybe even three weeks. But early in the season, you just want to miss a week. Well, he plays the game, and he was playing yesterday a bit like that guy in junior footy who had the growth spurt and got thrown into the ruck. Like, he was just picking up Hawks players, like dangerous tackles here and there, just knocking dudes out, early leaps, sticking a knee into the back of a guy's head, blocks, all this kind of stuff. But all of it had the appearance of, Oh, this is a guy who's just bigger than everyone. Yeah, like, so it's on like, this current season of Survivor, there is um, a character that uh, he looks like, well, they all call him like Thor or Goliath. Like he right. looks like a professional yeah. wrestler. And there was this one particular challenge early on, like episode two or three, where like in Fiji where they film it, I think, like there were like tropical storms. So they're trying to do this challenge where an entire team has to carry this ladder underwater. And like between four people, two teams had to call it off. It's never happened in the history of Survivor. Jeff's like, they're all going to die. I need to get them out of the water. Uh, By the way, what about the third team? Oh, that already finished because this Goliath guy had picked up the ladder by himself and just walked (laughs) under the water, put it up, and then gone back and just grabbed, like he was like a a big dog picking up puppies. He was just grabbing his teammates out of the water and then just throwing them onto the shore and up the ladder. And that's how Paddy Ryder plays football. It is, and I love it. Like, it's just so good. Because we just have not had an enforcer uh, in our team for so long. Like, we don't have players that people are intimidated by. Like, all our most intimidating players are generally like five foot ten forward pockets who get a bit lippy. But, you know, they get smacked around easy. But to actually have... Like, we've talked about in previous seasons the concept of a goon in ice hockey. The idea that you just have a guy in your team that you preordain a moment when he and, you know, the star player from the team are just going to punch on. And it just, like, it baffles my mind. I saw another highlights package this weekend from the NHL, and it's like, how is this still a thing? In the era of concussions and, you know, uh, player safety and stuff, like, how can you have two professional multi-million dollar athletes, so, like, investments from their clubs, punching, wearing razor blades on their feet, standing on something that's super hard and slippery and just allowed to punch each other. And everyone's like, yep, this is this seems like a good part of the game. So tell me this. Um, I want to know if the AFL brought in the goon, goon rule, right? Yeah. So each team had a goon that they took out on the field. Who would benefit most from that? Like who's Melbourne's goon, for example? Like would this disadvantage Melbourne or would Melbourne have a goon that could go toe-to-toe with like all the other goons in the league? I don't know. Who would who would be Melbourne? Who is Melbourne's enforcer? Who's? I mean, I reckon Max Gorn's the most intimidating mm. player, but that's just like your mate Thor. Yeah, but Gorn's not <laughs> going to be your goon. Survivor. Like you're not going to, you know, no. sub in Gorn for the goon. Like your goon's you got to be somebody that's, or... you know, a little disposable. Well, how about this? So Ben Brown just got suspended oh, in yeah. the reserves on the weekend. And he's a big guy. He, I mean, he doesn't strike me. He seems like the kind of goon that you got to like prod with a, like a cattle prod. <laughs> you know, like he's actually very genteel, doesn't like violence, but you just like work him up enough, he'll go bananas. <laughs> so how about 
Ben, like, uh, uh, Wiedemann's taking your spot in the forward line. We've got a new role for you. You're the goon. And he's like, but I love, like, my teammate. I love my fellow footballers. Like, I think we're all just part of one big happy family. No, mate. We are gonna, we're going to aggravate you. We're going to stick you with pins and, and cattle prods before a game. Get you all fired up. Well, you know, you'd have to fire him up vegan style. Cause <laughs> Is he's he vegan? vegan? Right? Fuck he? off. I think he's a vegan Ben uh, Brown. So, podcast, Mike, can you just like you Google got- if Ben Brown from the Melbourne Demons is a vegan? If he is, that's a case of, dude, that's too much. Like, it's too on the nose. You look like a vegan. You are a vegan. I don't like it. Well, I think he's a vegan. But again, I might just be getting this from the way he yeah, looks. Yeah, he looks like acts. a vegan. I might just be like, he strikes me yeah, as a vegan. Yeah, he looks like he's in the cast of Godspell. Podcast, Mike. He is a vegan. Is he a vegan? Oh, What? He- no, nah, he he's got to dial that back. He's got to get some <laughs> tattoos and shave his head. He looks way too vegan-y already. No, I think it's the opposite. So, like, to fire him up, you start, like, telling him things about okay. the opposition players. You're like, in this, like, in this, today, you're going to have to take on Braden Proust. And uh, I've heard that he uh, doesn't yeah. buy free-range eggs. Yeah. He likes the battery you know, eggs. Yeah. Yeah, he likes he likes the he likes the chickens in the factory. He's really working for their eggs, and then like Ben Brown, like yeah, it makes him angry. So you got to get him on. You just got like today you're in a one on one with um, uh, Brody Grundy. Uh, I've just heard that Brody Grundy just bought an entire yeah. new leather suit. Skinned yeah. a cow himself, yeah. made it into a leather suit, and Brent Brown, Brent Brown just goes bananas. You know the hair product Brody Grundy uses to test it on animals. And he, he specifically <laughs> buys it because it's tested on animals. He fucking hates He says animals. it works really well because it was tested on animals. <laughs> In fact, he actually ties his hair up with the intestine of an animal. That's what he does. Uh, now, Who would be... So St Kilda would yeah. benefit from this because yeah. Paddy Wright is a great goon. The Bulldogs, this was, would not be good for us at all. We don't have an obvious goon. Like, I think we'd have to recruit a goon into the club, I would have thought. What if. about, do you reckon you could transform Josh Bruce into a goon? Mm. I mean, Josh Bruce is a human battering ram. He's got the it's kind true. of, like, fearlessness of a goon. But you couldn't trust him to land a punch, could you? He's more likely to punch himself out. Oh, that's <laughs> like, right. He'd knock himself out in a game. He'd miss the yeah. other person completely and punch himself in the head. <laughs> yeah, like, if it was, like, that classic footage of um, Wakeland and Alistair Lynch from the 2004 Grand Final, but it was Josh Bruce, who'd just be having fresh airies at himself <laughs> and then ended up, like, connecting his own jaw. You know what I do like about this Josh Bruce idea, though, is that I do think that you're right. He is a battering ram. And there is a role, like, in professional fighting yeah. for your sort of rope-a-dope, the person who's willing to just, like, keep taking the punches. So that this is what I think Josh Bruce's style would be. We can't risk him actually yeah. throwing punches himself. He's, yeah. he's only going to knock himself out. That, that, we've got to rule that out. So, Josh, you've just yeah. got to exhaust the other goon. <laughs> you've just got to take punches until the other goon just falls over from exhaustion. Like Homer, when Homer became a professional boxer. <laughs> yeah. He just, ta- just takes punches. Yeah. That's the tape they show him on a Monday morning. <laughs> They're like, now, we're going to run you through well, something. Well, I, I think I've told the story before. I sat next to Josh Bruce's parents when he was playing for the Saints at like a, a, pre- a president's lunch or something. And I remember his mum saying to me that like, that was his defining quality his entire life is that he just has a high pain threshold. Like he just throws himself into things and doesn't mind if he gets hurt. He's actually okay with it. And so they were like, well, when I look at his report card, we better hope he's good at sport because (laughs) he's not working anywhere else. Uh, Now on the saints though, um, I've picked up something the last couple of weeks. Now we, we all know, uh, St Kilda's recruiting strategy is built around um, the drafting of Jacks. And even this yep. year, 
we drafted the ultimate Jack because his first name is Jack and his last name is Hayes. So we have can't get any more St. Kilda than that. If we drafted a Jack Revolt <laughs> or a Jack Lockett, then maybe. But Jack Hayes is right up there. Um, but I've been uh, going to the Saints website and Rats has been doing his weekly press conference. And I think he's been getting a bit confused because um, the they've been asking him about Zach Jones, who's taken some leave from the club for mental health and is sort of slowly working back into training. So just listen to this clip um, uh, uh, from a press conference Rats did a couple of weeks ago. We'll just let Zach tell us when he's ready to go and we're going to make sure we get the balance right there. But I think it's up to Jack to sort of give us the, the guide how he's feeling and yeah, when he's ready to join in. So he just pivots in the same sentence from calling him Zach to Jack. Do you think that he just had like a brain fade and was like, oh, geez, I've forgotten his name. Well, if I, if I guess Jack, I've got like a 30% chance. Jack's of close enough. Yeah. I mean, I don't think that you should be called Zach. I don't, make, I don't mean to make light in any way of the issues that Zach is facing because I think that's it should be absolutely respected. But if we find out the issue is they want him to change his name to Jack and he won't do it. They're like, come on, man. It's the Jack Club. Well, it's funny you should say that because maybe they are being a bit persistent because not even a week later, uh, Rats did another press conference where the reporter said, hey, we saw uh, Zach Jones is out training. Uh, can you give us a bit of an update on that? And this is what Rats had to say. He's going well. It's sort of more up to Jack. Um, we sort of <laughs> let Zach train and be around the group. And <laughs> when he tells us he's ready to go, we'll sort of push on from there. Hey, on, is that a different press conference? That's a different, it's a week later. And he did the same thing, except the first time he called him Zach, then called him Jack. This time around, he called him Jack and corrected it to Zach. Well, I don't know if he did get Zach out the second time. I've got to be honest with you, you're being very generous to say he got Zach out the second time. He went with Jack yeah. and then he realized he'd fucked up and went with Nick. Mike, can we hear that second grab one last yeah. time? I'm pretty sure he does say Zach. He's going well, it's sort of more up to Jack. Um, we sort of let Zach train and be around the group and he <laughs> you're right he, he hedges his bets <laughs> he's real in the middle there as far as i'm concerned that's not quite a jack and not quite a zach as far as i can see that's a classic when you meet someone's like work colleague and you can't remember their name and you're like hey john i mean i love this um this approach to just calling your player a different name. I think this is, I mean, when you're trying to say to a guy, come back to the club, we care about you. I would have thought the first thing you could do is just get his name right. And by the way, if his name was Jack, his name would be Jack Jones and you know, he would burn for you. So he would be one of the Southern sons of St Kilda. Well, we were at one stage of the Southern Saints, right. so it makes sense we would have a Jack Jones. Jack Jones. Playing for I us. mean, can you imagine if Jack Jones from Southern Suns had been a footballer? Those eyebrows. Uh, How well, much would we have talked about those? A day goes by where, darling, <laughs> I don't think of that. <laughs> and if anyone is in any doubt about Two Guys One Cup's status as a niche comedy football podcast, how's a bit of Southern Suns humour for you? <laughs> Uh, now, the Saints are doing really well. Uh, a team that isn't doing so great. It's Port Adelaide. Uh, they took on the Demons and uh, they held them back for mm. about a quarter and a half. And then it was just like Melbourne were like, okay, we're done. Let's play football now. And then mm. just went absolutely berserk. I feel bad for Port Adelaide. It's weird. Like there's other teams that I'm like, good. I'm glad you're losing. But Port Adelaide, I'm like, oh, 
I like Ken Hinckley and maybe you rubbed off on me a bit. You know, I sort of believe in Port Adelaide and they do have like, they're missing five of their best 18 players. But it just feels like one of those seasons where you're like, okay, let's just, we'll just stop from now. Like, let's just, (laughs) is it too early to go to the draft? I mean, this is the interesting thing about Port Adelaide is that they are very close to their entire season being over. Like that, that they do need to start like thinking about next season and rebuilding and putting things in place, and that then does become very difficult for the coach because you've got to make a big call this early on that the coach is the person who's going to take you to that next rebuild. So. Like, I wouldn't have thought that Ken Hinckley was in danger of losing his job during the season, at the start of the season. But there is a small Mm. amount of me now that goes, if Port Adelaide keep going badly, you could just see them going, let's have a fresh start. Well, Kane Corns, of all people, has the man who's come out flying the flag for Ken Hinckley. Like, Kane Kane Corns came out and said, look, Uh, you know, this guy took over a club that was a basket case. He's mm. taken it to prelims. He is owed the chance to coach his way out of this. Which, yeah. when Kane is saying that, that makes me think they should sack him immediately. Well, <laughs> Whatever Kane you know what the other thing is? It's just like the prevailing wisdom is they're going to sack him, so Kane believes the opposite. That's yeah, all that's it right. is. <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, there was a moment in the game which, and you know, maybe Port supporters will want to just like skip past this part. Uh, it was one of the best clangers I've ever seen. Um, uh, Georgiard is running to an open goal. Let's Let's have a look at the footage and we can talk about it. Okay, so they've got a right. They're clearing it. Mitch, uh, is it Mitch Georgiadis? Yeah, I believe so. All right, gets it at the 50. Okay. Oh, he's got a paddock in front of him. Streams into an open goal. Burns off the Demons defender. Borks in the goal square. And can't kick it. And then his mate gets it. Snaps it over his shoulder. They think they've got a goal. Touched. Oh, (laughs) no. Touched. Oh, no. You've never seen a team work harder for a point in your life. And it's just like, sometimes there are moments that just crystallize where your team is at. Like, I think when we got done by the Bulldogs last year by 110 points, I'm like, yeah, this this feels like appropriate for where well, we're at. I'm, I think- I'm currently looking at the score because I didn't watch this game. And uh, like Melbourne are 48 and Port Adelaide are six. And it's not even a goal at that point. It's six <laughs> points. And so the fact that they had like an open goal, managed to mess that up and then got another point. So went to seven points is just, I mean, it would have been heartbreaking. Port Adelaide were goalless for the first half, which has never happened in that proud club's hundred and whatever, 50 year history. They've never gone goalless for a half, for a first half. Ken Hinckley must be going, how the fuck do I get COVID? Why can't (laughs) I get COVID? Why am I having to rock up every Get Justin Longmuir over here. Can I just talk to pretty much any other club? Get truck over. Get like I just need to fucking like get COVID and not be here every week. Who is their assistant coach? Who would be coaching Port Adelaide if Ken Hinckley goes? Well, it's not Michael Voss. No. <laughs> I mean, we know we know that for sure. Uh, maybe podcast Mike. Can you just quickly look up who Port Adelaide's assistant coaches are? Yeah, he's in a world of hurt. Look, Melbourne are that much better than everyone else. It's not funny. Like I actually, mm-hmm. I thought of you, Will. And, and, and please don't take this the wrong way. But I was like, isn't it amazing how every year there's like a new premiership team like Richmond or whatever. They start that next year like virtually invincible. The only team in recent memory I remember not doing that was the Bulldogs. Like every other team that had that breakthrough premiership, just like Richmond, Melbourne has started like House on Fire. But the only team that was like, we're just going to stumble out of the blocks with our pants around our ankles was the Bulldogs, right? 
Yeah, we're really playing this year like we thought we won the Premiership last year. <laughs> <laughs> but I just don't know, like, barring injuries, I just don't know who beats Melbourne at, at this point. Like, they just look that much better than everyone else. And even all the commentary around it at the moment, people are like, well, maybe Brisbane, maybe Geelong. And I think, sure, sure. But it's kind of like, we're hoping. We're hoping that one of those two teams can get close to Melbourne. Uh, Broden Kelly, who did the grand final show, I was texting him before the game or after the game saying, do you even get nervous before Melbourne play anymore? And he's like, absolutely. Like, I always think we're going to lose. And it's like, that is some scar- deep scarring, isn't it? Yeah. That is like 40 years or however Broden is. Sorry, Broden. Maybe, that, I think Broden in his 30s. That's no, 30 40 years. years. That is 40, <laughs> 45 years. 45 years. of a 30, He's only 30 years old, but then they gave him an extra 15 years, extra 50% scarring. For him to not... Like, I was just thinking if I was a Melbourne supporter, I'd be like, just so relaxed going into every game. Well, because the thing about by? them is they just feel like they can win from anywhere. Yes. Like regardless of how they've been playing, they can just turn it on and they'll kick like five or six goals in a row and everything's going to be fine. So no matter where they are in the game, even if they're behind, I mean, you didn't get the opportunity to really test this theory over in Port Adelaide. But but in a general sense, even when they're behind, there's this belief in them. And like after the grand final, I mean, to be 17 points down, you know, halfway through the third quarter of a grand final and be able to just like put the foot down and do what they did to the Bulldogs, then it, it, it must give you enormous confidence that you can beat any team at any time, in any position. Their, their back line with like Lever and May is so good. And I remember like when, you remember, like I think people forget, Stephen May's start to Melbourne was not great. I remember he had <laughs> like, a beer. He had a beer yeah. and then we nearly read him out of the game. Everyone was like, he's no good. <laughs> Move him on. He had a beer. But that was a mar- in re- that and Lever in mm. retrospect has been an absolute masterstroke because they just don't, they just are so smart and they're so well structured down back. It doesn't matter. You can try that surge, you know, rush the ball forward. They'll get back. They'll just take position. They're, they're, they're both so skilled and confident enough that they can peel off their man and they can intercept. They can help each other out. Like, I don't know how you defend against that. Like, what do you? So, do you have like you play two forwards deliberately to negate them, and then well, are you going to f- sacrifice one of your key forwards to play like a negating role on their key back because they're so big you can't send like just your average tagger. It's just I just I don't know. I don't know how you beat them, and I don't know who beats them this year. Well, here's what I would say: This is the one advantage the Bulldogs have when they play. <laughs> Because our key forwards don't really kick goals <laughs> yeah. anyway, so you're not sacrificing much to. Oh man, to get them on board. Was that frustrating? Was that one one of the more frustrating games? Because if you guys had kicked straight, you would have won by six goals. Like it was unbelievable how how many shots you were missing, and and sort of fairly regulation kind of shots as well. It's like the Bulldogs of two years ago. This has been the story of our entire season. I can't. I, I saw the stat, and it's like eight <laughs> goals thirty or something ridiculous. Like it's so. Like, it's so ridiculous. And so I watched football this weekend, round four. It took me to round four, but I watched football this weekend. And, oh, my God, it started so well because I started – I watched the Brisbane-Geelong game. So that was an absolute cracker. First game that I watched, that was, like, a really great game. And, like, Geelong probably deserved to win, but, like, Brisbane – didn't do themselves any disservice by the way they competed in that game. You still think they're going to be a strong side. So that was a great game. I watched um, 
Sydney and North Melbourne, which was such a good game. And like, honestly, North Melbourne deserved to fucking win that game. They were so, so good. And to watch the fucking, like, I mean, God, if you are North Melbourne, like, talk about getting your draft choices right. Like, he's he's their best player already. Almost (laughs) like he's played four games and he's already their best player. It was just just like Callum Mill spoiled him. I'm like, mate, just let him take it. Mm. Like, North aren't going to do anything this year. Just let them have a car. North North <laughs> needs something, Callum. Let North <laughs> Melbourne have something. Let them have Mark of the Year. They're all going to share the car. It was also the game for me where I know Isaac Heaney's a good player, but I've never really kind of oh, had that Isaac yeah. Heaney kind of awareness, that moment. And just sort of seeing, he's just like, he's, he's, he's the kind of superstar Rolls Royce where he's just completely reliable in any, any scenario. If he's going to drop back and be, fill a hole, he'll take the mark. If you need him to kick the clutch goal, he'll do it. The way he just sized up that goal to just like put the game out of reach, it was like he was still looking for options. And then he's like, I'm Isaac Haney. I might just dob this from 40 from the boundary. <laughs> <laughs> like, did the team thing first and was like, yeah, but I'm Isaac Haney. Watch this. I actually think he suffers because he's so pretty. Right. I think that we don't rate him. Like, I think if he looked like Ben Cunnington, we would rate him as like, you know, absolutely a you know, top five, top 10 player in the league. But I think because he looks so pretty, like he's just so, like he he, he does not look, it's bad casting or it's counterintuitive casting. If you were casting a player who he looks plays like the an way angel. he plays. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what's the line from uh, Avengers? It's like a pirate had a baby with an angel. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the Geelong game a bit yeah. because um, controversial decision for anyone who missed it. Uh, here's how uh, the final play, well, the, the second to last play went down in that game. Very, very wide to Holmes. Holmes goes long and deep. Hawkins couldn't get the front, but the back will do. Andrews appealing for the free. He turns around and kicks the goal. Geelong by nine points. You can see why Harris Andrews upset. He got one for along here on the boundary line where he gave a little shove. That was clearly the hands in the back with a push out. I don't know what else is uh, in the back of that, is it? Umpire's explanation, you were both moving forward. Well, Harris was for one reason. And he, held, he, his, and he held his ground, he said. It didn't make sense, that explanation. They were both moving forward, but he held his ground. I, love I mean, they were, firstly, the they were all on to the fact that the umpire, like the, the umpire made a bad call. Like the umpire got the call wrong, but then also got his excuse wrong. Like yeah. it was a bad cover-up. The cover-up <laughs> killed him. The idea that one of them held their ground when they were both running forward and moving forward was always going to be tough to justify, I thought. So that's two years in a row now at the Cattery that the Cats have won a game with a maybe a non-decision or a dodgy decision. Um, so I put to you, Will, a change in the rules mm. for next year. I okay. think if you get a home ground advantage in the way that the Cats have a home ground advantage in the way that the Queensland and WA and South Australian teams have a home ground advantage, if you get the home ground advantage, you've already got the crowd on your side, I think you shouldn't also get the umpires on your side. I think that's being greedy. In fact, I think if you're getting the home ground advantage, the umpires should umpire against you more harshly. You know, like, did you ever go to school with a kid who's one of his parents who's one of the teachers? And they were always extra hard on him to prove that they weren't showing preferential treatment. I think we need to introduce that rule to the AFL so that it just balances out that the, kind the, of... The, the is, umpires have to be a parent of one of the players who's playing <laughs> because I'm, I'm behind that. Well, that, that like, as the well. game needs to be umpired by a parent, <laughs> yeah. then I'm fine. 
No, I just think that we should we should mark the home team harder, and they should do, the fifty fifties should definitely go the way of mm-hmm. the should, and it just also makes it more exciting too, because then you've got that cauldron type atmosphere. There's nothing quite like an angry, unsettled home ground uh, supporter base like when you know you're when you're a goal up against west coast you know at optus stadium and you just get that it just creates a more electric atmosphere how about this one overrule a quarter so the the away team gets one overrule a quarter that just to even it up a bit i reckon that would be like enough so you've got four decisions that you can overrule in the course of the game i like that it's is that like so what would you call would you call it the overrule mm. yeah the overrule rule <laughs> Yeah, the overall rule. Like, you could just flag it from the sidelines, I think. I think this is... In fact, you know what? They've got the cameras in the coach's box. I want the coaches to call it from the box. Okay. I want to see, you know, like... So it's got to be like, you know, Adam Simpson's gone down there with West Coast or whatever. Adam Simpson needs to be able to call them from the box. Like, maybe some sort of sign. Maybe some sort of siren. Like like an overall siren that he can push. Like, there's a button in front of him that he can push. If you're a cat supporter, are you... Mm okay with your team just like blatantly cheating just like throwing the ball instead of handballing it just shoving people in the back not getting pinged for holding the ball like are you okay with your team success being built on a on a house of lies well here's the thing like they they did get a good run there's no doubt about that in that game but even the umpires knew that they'd fucked up a couple of times because I don't know if you saw the Harris Andrews push in the back immediately after that Tom Hawkins one. Oh, yeah, the even upper. <laughs> in the next contest where Harris Andrews basically might as well have warmed up his hands and then like outline, drawn a little outline on Tom Hawkins' back and then just like push just to go like, I fucking dare you. Come on, you come on, I fucking dare you. Uh, you mentioned earlier uh, Carlton had their first loss of the season. Just, just devastating. I'm, I'm so sad mm-hmm. for all those. I watched this supporters. game as well. I was this close. I picked Gold Coast. You know, just I for, did. For I reminder. I oh, did. You? We both picked. Yeah, them. I think we both week. picked Gold Coast. I oh, did. We? Well, maybe that's the formula going forward. They were good. They were really good. Um, my favourite moment was Levi Casbolt kicking a goal and grabbing his jumper as like a source of pride. And it's like, mate, that. Logo that was designed in some fucking boardroom at AFL HQ. <laughs> like you're going to have some kind of passion. There's some focus group that came up with that, that symbol. And you're like, you know what I believe cures, this. You know what cures the fucking blues? A little bit of sunshine. Bit of sunshine. And that's what he's got in his life now. He had, You know what he had when he was in Melbourne? Seasonal depression. Yeah. He literally had the blues, right? And now he's up on the Gold Coast, got a bit of vitamin D. He's having a great time. Oh, wouldn't it be just amazing? If Carlton finished ninth and Gold Coast, Gold Coast finished eighth, then Levi Casbolt kick, kicks the goal to get Gold Coast into the finals to shut Carlton out. <laughs> Just I mean, be amazing. I mean, that would <laughs> that would that would be singing the blues. <laughs> <laughs> I almost went to that game. Our mate VK was like really, yeah. he's a Carlton supporter, was very keen, and I was like, yeah, I was all for it. Let, let, let's drive up and, and and watch the footy. He cancelled at the last minute. I'm kind of well, I'm disappointed. I would have loved to have been there. <laughs> I would have loved to have been there to sing the Gold Coast song, which, of course, Will goes like, We are the boys of the Gold Coast team. We are the ones. Is that really it? Ones, but, but. That sounds it, good, actually. It sounds yeah. better. Does that sound, it almost sounds a bit like red fingernails, black wine. <laughs> Whatever it is. Or the other way around. Black fingernails, red wine. Uh, <laughs> it's worse if you go somewhere and they've got red fingernails and black, <laughs> black wine. wine. <laughs> uh, 
Um, uh, did you see any of the Gold Coast Suns game? Because here's what I'll tell you. Wits yes. was... Talk about Paddy Ryder. He yeah, played a monstrous. very similar. Just absolute monstered them. But Noah yeah. Anderson was amazing. And that... Took... I mean, Took Miller, we all know how good he is. But like uh, that next level of young guns, they have some really good players at the Gold Coast. Like They could be a super, super exciting team to watch if they can get their shit together. I've been saying this for a while now. I think I, uh, they, they're, you're right. They're, they're just, they lack belief. I mean, classic setup for St. Killing Me coming this weekend. St. Kilda take on uh, a, a Gold Coast at Marvel Stadium. But I'm, that's going to be no pushover. We've only just beaten them. The last few times we've played them, it's been less than a kick, I think, like four out of the last five games. But they, they're good. And I like what, I like the way they play. I think they've got, they play an exciting brand of football and they're really, really pulling for Stuart Dew to keep his job. It's going to be really hard for them to boot him out if they make finals, I think. Although, who are you upsetting? It's not like they have members that they're going to piss off. Like, oh, I mean, even the game. This was one of the things that I found so heartbreaking about the game was it felt like a Carlton home game. When you yeah. were listening to the crowd, there was like, there equally as many Carlton fans there at the game as there were Gold Coast. At one stage when Rankin kicked that goal towards the end and like, yeah, yeah. like did his little, like ran around the boundary line, giving it a bit of like, look at this, we're going to win. I'm Isaac Rankin. And the crowd really met it with indifference. <laughs> like real <laughs> indifference. Yeah, I mean, the only way you fix that, though, is by, well, I was going to say by winning games. But as we know, like the Gold Coast is just like a black hole for sporting teams. Like who's, even if they get on a roll, like are people going to, you know, give up taking speed and, you know, going to Cavalav to watch the Gold Coast play? Well, here's what I would say. Hey, Black Hole Suns, won't you come <laughs> to the AFL finals? Yeah. <laughs> uh, we should just touch on also the AFLW grand final was on the weekend. Obviously the yes. Crows. Their dynasty is now complete. Dynasty, Oof. dynasty. Uh, 13-point winners over the Demons. And Hatchard, best on ground. Big question was, what is Aaron Phillips and Daisy Pierce going to do now? I, look, I don't care what Daisy does now as long as she's installed, signed on a long-term contract to Channel 7. Like, I just want Daisy in the commentary box forever. Like, that would be... I, look, I'm a great player, everything like that. But she is the best commentator going around, the best expert commentator. I didn't realise... But someone told me that because um, she's got the Friday night slot now and Wayne Carey got bumped to Saturday. And apparently that's a demotion. Like Friday night is the kind of that's the that's the you know, that's the top ticket kind of item you want to be on. So she's already like installed there. It's like, well, let's get there's so many of these bullshit shows on Fox footy and stuff where it's just these like dumb fucking get. Can we just get Daisy doing more of that stuff? Like I would watch Daisy do some football adjacent show. Uh, all the time. She's so great. And her knowledge of the game, like, sure, play one more year of AFLW if you have to, but please just like, just, just focus more on your media career. Well, what about Daisy Thomas is also becoming a bit of a star in the media. Could we have like the double Daisy? Daisy Pierce. No, so so I'm just saying. Uh, Daisy, oh, Daisy yeah, Thomas. Yeah, so I'm just Daisy saying, could you, like get, Daisy Daisy. could you get your a Daisy chain. together a little <laughs> Exactly. Could we make a Daisy chain of Daisy <laughs> Pierce and Daisy Thomas? Are there any other daisies? No. Right, well, can you have a daisy chain with two, two daisies? I think you can. Well, I mean, I think we'll have to. We'll have to improvise because that's all we have. So. <laughs> we've came up with a name as we're pitching it. It's like, we've got a, guys, we've got a look, name and we've got two people yeah, who fit And look, we've got a couple of days and a Darcy. Close enough. You know what? <laughs> we needed a chain. 
Uh, okay, well, it's time for everyone's favorite segment, the Pocket Profile Pocket. Um, I dug into the uh, AFL record this week and had a bit of a sniff around. I've got to say, so the question in this year's Pocket Profile, one of them is like, what's your biggest cooking disaster? And the Shawshank Redemption of cooking disaster is I set my barbecue on fire. I can't tell you. How many people How many have set their barbecues on fire? Set the barbecues on fire. It is the number one cooking incident amongst AFL players. Now, I don't think it's um, uh, uh, in this one. So the player we're focusing on today is West Coast Eagles, Andrew Gap. Okay. The Eagles had a bloody, uh, 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 a real, um, what would you call it? An inspirational win. It was, I watched that game as well. I watched a lot of footy on the weekend. Did not watch the Bulldogs for my mental health. <laughs> but I've got to do the comedy <laughs> festival and try Fair to entertain enough. people. But I watched a lot of other games. And the West Coast game, they, that was they were genuinely inspirational like that is a yeah. it felt like the mighty ducks like it was it totally felt like the mighty yeah ducks. a whole bunch of ring-ins and then just a couple yeah. of like champion players who are on their last legs but just <laughs> like literally you know when they have a moment know how to take the moment it was it was super impressive ragtag yeah bunch of misfits ragtag bunch of misfits just taking down the evil empire and great to see Jerry McGovern back playing great footy. Like, it's weird. It's almost like he should just roam around the back line and just do what he wants to do. <laughs> like, just... He seems to need to be the kind of guy... It's like, just don't make him run laps no. or do push-ups. He just... Let him eat a pie, have a beer, and then just, like, go for grabs. That's what... You know when he do. wants to be hungry? Game yeah. day. <laughs> hungry for some footballs. Um, okay, so how well do you think you know Andrew uh. Gaff? What do you know about Andrew Gaff? Um, that he's a champion footballer who had a bit of a brain snap one day and <laughs> almost killed someone. Head. Yeah, like an eighteen year old. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, great player. Brayshaw, right? He, yeah, yeah. He, was it Brayshaw, Brayshaw that he punched? Yes. Who, by the way, if you saw the Dockers on the weekend, unbelievable. He is such a good player now. I, I really was hoping that we could get him, but I don't think we will because Angus Brayshaw comes out of contract at the end of the year, and I reckon the fairy tale that people wanted for the King brothers being reunited is going to happen at Frio. I reckon Angus will go back to Western Australia and the Brayshaw brothers will be reunited at last. They would be unreal together. That would, I mean, if Frio could make that happen, that would be very good for them because like Brayshaw, like the only chance that it has, like, because why would you leave a team like Melbourne, right? But if they won another premiership this year and then he's like, you know what? I came third in the Brownlow a few years ago and I just cannot you know, play the minutes in the midfield that I need to, like at this team with Christian Petrarca yeah. and uh, <coughs> and Oliver in it. Then and Frio are on the rise. Like if Frio, mm. just say Frio make it to the finals, like they finish, you know, bottom half of the eight. And you're right, Melbourne win a second flag. Well, what's the harm in going to another final side where you're going to be the main man and you've got extra time to work on Barbie Onions, your Instagram page. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a Instagram called Barbie Onions? Barbie Onions, yeah, it's all about barbecue. Now and that's onions. a guy. That's a guy who's never, never sees <laughs> no, barbecue on fire. Never, never. He takes his barbecuing very seriously. Very seriously. Okay, let's get to the matter at hand. Andrew Gaff. Okay. Um, I miss that they don't give the nicknames anymore. So why don't we just for fun? Why don't you give me a? Why don't you give me a, a, a extrapolated nickname for Gaff? Okay, so uh, Gaff. Gaff mistake. Uh, no, so I'm going to say, oh, yeah, okay, okay, that's yeah. good. All right, I like that. Okay, yeah. gaff, mistake, error, Errol, Errol Flynn, in like Flynn. Um, 
Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. I've run into a dead end. <laughs> you really have. In like Flynn. 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 I don't Stones. know where you go from Flynn. Flynn, Flynn Stones. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yabba dabba do. Okay. Yabba. They call him Yabba. Yabba. I love it. Yeah. All right. Andrew Yabba Gaff. Okay. What's his favorite non-AFL sporting team? Now, I had to look this mm. up because I didn't okay. know. How well do you know your like, is it APL or what's the, what's this? No, it's, um, they're in EFL. So it's the uh, second tier English Premier League, uh, Football League. How well do you know? Well, based on the idea that we do an AFL podcast <laughs> and we don't know anything about the AFL, how do you reckon, how deep do you reckon my English Football League knowledge goes? You may have heard of it. If, I, if, if they're the Rangers, what Rangers are they? They are something, something Rangers. Oh, um, the... Uh, um, Suburban Eastern Sydney, near where I used to live, near Randwick, oh, uh, uh, just north okay. of Centennial Park. All right, they're the double barrel has a yeah. um, a, a monarchy theme. Oh, and an outdoor the... theme. <laughs> um, they're the uh, castle. <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, give me uh, 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 um, um, uh, okay. They're the something park rangers. Oh, they're the um. Yeah. Oh, come Centennial on. Centennial Park Rangers. <laughs> That's right. They're not actually a football team. They just work for Centennial Park just picking up rubbish. And <laughs> They're just the guys who do traffic up around the, Centennial up Park. The lakes. Yeah. The Queen's Park Rangers. That's his okay. favourite. Not right. AFL team. Okay. Bad start. Bad uh, start. Is Jabba the kind of guy who would mm-hmm. go to AFL games when he's not playing? Um. So firstly, it's, it's Jabba. Don't. Oh, sorry. Get his nickname wrong. <laughs> sorry, Jabba. I'm going to get <laughs> sorry. sued by Channel V. Um, does Yabba go to other AFL games? Well, I'm going to work on my reasoning principle here that he plays in Western Australia. So the only other games that he would probably go to would be Fremantle games. Um, would games. a West Coast Eagles player go to Fremantle games? Well, but I mean, I think when they say AFL, they mean... Like Aussie rules. I don't think it's... Oh, okay. So he might go to like the waffle or whatever is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay. All right. Okay. Then yes. I think he might go to the waffle. (laughs) I fucking tricked you because it's no. (laughs) You were on the right track and I just sowed some doubt in your mind. I'm like Patty Ryder. I'm ruthless. I'm just like, it's all in good fun. You know what? I actually think I got that right because I (laughs) said that he did not go to AFL games. (laughs) And it's not mentioned whether he goes to waffle games or not. He may well go to waffle games. The great thing about this is my job as like the quiz master generally is to lead you to the right answer. I give you clues. I deliberately led you (laughs) to the wrong answer. To the wrong answer. My reasoning was correct. I was like working it out properly and you've thrown a spanner in the world. I just laid out breadcrumbs off the edge of a cliff, <laughs> off the edge of a gap. And I followed them. I was like, mm, bread. <laughs> All right. I'm going to give you that one. Okay. Okay. Uh, should the center bounce be retained? He's a midfielder. He gets a bloody yeah. close look yes. at it. Yes. Yes. Great. Okay. Uh, what's his non-football wish for 2022? Um, This, I think, would be something that most people in the world, particularly Australia, but most people in the world are looking forward to doing more of this now. Oh, okay. Um, So particularly in Australia is interesting to me. So, um, well, that's a phrase common. Travel, yes, but particularly, what do you? What's what's a phrase common to Australians, but not really else somewhere else in the world? We like to go 
Uh, go. Uh, oh, you know how we go on a holiday. Yeah, that's it. No, a... you said it. You, you, I'll give it to you. We go overseas. He wants to do a holiday okay. overseas. Because you've heard that, right? That other people don't say overseas because we're in Ireland, so we just tend to say that. But not many other places. Oh, talk. have you not heard that? I know that that had never occurred to me. But of course, yeah, we say overseas because everywhere is overseas. Yeah, that's right. Whereas other countries to say we're going on holiday. Oh, it had never occurred to me that we were the only people who did that. <laughs> I don't think we're the only, but it's predominantly no other Australians. islands probably. Because I, yeah. I did notice it when I was in the States, I talked about being overseas and people were like, mm. what? What are you talking about? But that's also America. That's just like everything. <laughs> yeah, we've what never heard of overseas. <laughs> we've heard of America. <laughs> Is that like another America? Um, okay, what yes. was the scariest, his scariest non-football moment? Um, mm. So this is kind of like a... It's an extreme, like... It's, a, it's a, one of those extreme activities you do on holiday in, like, he was in New Zealand when he did it, mm-hmm. but you know you can do bungee it. jumping, probably something like that. It's not bungee jumping; that's the mm-hmm. obvious one. But it's a okay. it's a similar thing to that. It's that kind of like high speed, you know. Woo! Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like, anyone gets, um, it's probably safer than you know. Yeah. So like, I, I can't remember what it's called, but like the one where you're on a line, like correct. a zip lining. Yeah. Yes. Zip lining. All right. Yes. Okay. Well, good first quarter. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a dodgy umpiring decision when it went against Got you. Got a bad decision early. <laughs> really. <laughs> Really got one go against me early. And <laughs> now the umpire, it looks like the umpire's been trying to square up ever since. <laughs> okay, second quarter starts. Uh, Who rules the roost in your household? And there's no okay. info, so I don't know if he's married or has kids or whatever. Well, you know what? My clue is this. Judging from his answer, I'd say he's married with kids. Okay. Um, all right. So he, I, I would have guessed he was married with kids. Like he's, he's got to be like, 30 or something, something I would like have thought that. so you would have thought that he's probably in that zone so probably rules out the animal unless you're giving me some bad bum steer <laughs> again so like, I think, you, I prob- think you, I, I'd say you are thinking about it too hard so um, my clue is so who rules the roost mm. in your how, household his answer is a negative so um, <clears throat> oh. Um, oh very simple definitely not me correct there you go. Now I feel like I'm giving you too many clues. I feel That's like I feel, too many. I'm yeah, you've so even done too much now. Okay, I've got I'm to push it. I'm pushing in blokes in the back willy nilly, and you're letting it go. So I know. Let's... The coach is coming and yelling at me at quarter time. What are you doing? My bloke's getting killed out there. All right. Okay. Who's your most favourite or most influential junior coach? Uh, this guy uh, I know very well. Ex Hawthorne, uh, then ex St Kilda, wore the number twelve. It was a blonde number twelve at St Kilda way before Nick Revolt. Probably retired around like the early 90s. Shares a name with a, an Australian musician. <sighs> who had a song that contained the line, well, not the line, but mm. the verse, whatever. Umama mama, umama mama, umama mama, umama mama, umama mama. So that's the, the real thing. Yes, bye. Um, uh, which was by oh fuck um, umama mama uma is that helping umama <laughs> that isn't helping that is definitely not helping I appreciate that you've gone with it again I've identified the song I could um was that written by Molly Meldrum or produced by Molly Meldrum I believe that oh, too the I real thing know. I believe it was produced by Molly Meldrum um uh, Paul Paul no, Young no Paul... if I I'll give you his surname it might be too much of a clue Morris okay 
Russell Morris. Russell Morris, uh, former Hawk and Saints player. When I'm I used to go watch the Saints at Moorabbin uh, near the animal enclosure, every time Russell Morris got the ball, the animal enclosure would start going, Oh, mama, mama, oh, mama, mama, It's burned into my brain. Uh, okay, so where did he go for Ozkick in uh, Ozkick? So he's a Victorian. This is a leafy eastern eastern suburb suburb very wealthy three letters in the name q q i wonder if he went to yeah um did he have a part-time job while he's still at school um not many of them do is what is the pattern that i'm starting to pick up here and I think it's probably because they're spending most of their time like playing junior sport. If they're gun junior sports players, they probably don't have a lot of time for a, a job as well. But he is 30, which means that he hasn't necessarily grown up in the age of... No, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he did not have a part-time job. Correct. He did not have a part-time job. All right, you're doing pretty well. I feel like I've bloody... Now I'm gone to, I've gone the other way. I'm, I'm, I'm doing having a, of a real terrible game. All over the place. <laughs> yeah, like, there's no consistency the in this. This is... I tightened up. Now I've loosened up too much. It's crazy. All right. Uh, who's the best storyteller at the Eagles? Okay. This seems a pretty uh, obvious Very well-known name? Yes. Big name. And yep. also, I big believe, man. literally is a storyteller. Oh, he, he literally is a storyteller. Yeah, like literally, you know, has told um, stories. Uh, Nick Nat. Nick Nat, Nick Nat-, Nat-, Nat- Published Nui. author Nick Nat Nui, who's also, I just found out, uh, out for pretty much like 12 weeks or something they're saying this is announced today it's absolutely he was amazing too like i actually thought that the game was primed for a big nick nat moment it just felt like he's going to take a big grab or something but instead he just was like bowling dudes over in the middle it's like even a bad <laughs> nick nat game still a good nick nat game uh okay who's the best social outing organizer at your club oh. um so uh his first name could also be a girl's name Okay. Um, Shannon Hearn. Shannon Hearn. Do you want to gurn with Hearn? Is <laughs> <laughs> what, he, what he says. He goes, Shannon's a girl's name, but Molly also is a girl's <laughs> name, so let's get out there. <laughs> okay. Um, who's the most tech-savvy teammate? Um, now, my clue for this is I'd believe this guy has spent probably a bit too much time <laughs> online, <laughs> judging from the things he believes. Oh, uh, Jack Darling. Jack Darling. <laughs> Great to see Jack Darling. Yeah, yeah uh, that's right. He's very tech, tech savvy. He yeah. has all these social media networks that none of us use, like he's <laughs> yeah, on Telegram Gab and, and <laughs> Parler and stuff. <laughs> Uh, good to see Jack Darling playing well on the weekend as well. Let's just say um, it's good to see him threading the needle, not avoiding one. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, which teammate should run for political office in the future? Mm-hmm. Okay, so I imagine if this guy uh, did run for office, his platform would be he's going to take a hard line against the Bloods. He's going to take a hard line against the Bloods. Um, so, I'm uh, so happy with this clue. By the way, this is oh, this is going to be one of my best ever. Okay, because it's got a hard double line meaning. Against the Bloods. Um, 
Who are the Bloods arch rivals, Will? Who are the Bloods arch rivals? The uh, Crips. (laughs) Yeah, Jamie Crips. Jamie Crips. I was thinking the Bloods like Sydney. I know, that's why it was a good clue. (laughs) It was a cryptic clue. It was a cryptic clue. <laughs> a cryptic clue. Uh, how do you, how does he rate his cooking skills? Oh, interesting. one out of, out of five. Uh, I imagine one being the last five, been the highest. <clears throat> Three. Fucking bang on. Yes, absolutely. Um, what's your best dish? Now, my mm. clue. Mm-hmm. This is a variation on a two guys one cup classic. Okay, so. Could it be something chorizo? It's based? definitely it something chorizo. chorizo. <laughs> okay. Yes. So, but it's not chorizo pasta it's because not that's chorizo pasta. But it's in that. You yeah. know, if you at well, an Italian restaurant, yeah, you could probably order Get this chor- chorizo lasagna. <laughs> <laughs> it's not lasagna. Um, it's not pizza. No. It's a bit more of a highbrowy kind of like you know, yeah, fancier. Um, Chorizo. I mean, it's funny that you say it's a bit of a fancy because I the media you add chorizo to anything. Chorizo, it, it, it doesn't sound fancy it. at all. It's does no it? longer fancy. No, you could add chorizo to. You'd be like, "Have you seen my chorizo Fabergé egg?" You'd be like, no. <laughs> "What the fuck is that?" <laughs> Have you seen my Rolls Royce? I got it in chorizo red. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, uh, chorizo gnocchi. No, not a pasta. No. Well, okay. I don't think it. No, it, it's a. I don't think it's a pasta. I don't think it is. It's no. Tell me, what is it? Risotto, chicken and chorizo risotto, which I actually okay. think that would go quite well. And you're a bit of a foodie, don't you? Think chorizo and risotto is actually like a good, the spicy, sort of fatty meat with a kind of you know because it can be quite dense chorizo. So like as uh, risotto. So I think like I I can understand chorizo risotto more than I can chorizo pasta. Yeah, um, like the saltiness. Saltiness. Like, like I mean, salt's yeah. good for everything. risotto. So, yeah, for everything. But <laughs> the saltiness in a risotto would be nice. Yeah. Chicken and chorizo. That is also the diet of a person who's a professional sports person. Yeah. Like anyone else, if you hear, hear they're having, yeah, I'll have the risotto with chicken and chorizo. And chorizo. They're like, oh, you're going to die of a heart attack, dude. <laughs> yeah. I hope you run 14 kilometers a day. So. <laughs> okay, what's his worst cooking disaster? Not a barbecue on fire. Oh, no. He tried to cook. On the Italian restaurant mm. theme, he tried to prepare a, a common familiar side or mm. side dish or entree, Italian side dish or entree, um, and it was a disaster. Um, it was, okay. uh, he burnt the fuck out yeah, of it. Yeah, garlic bread. Garlic bread. Um, is he a golf, a tennis, or a neither kind of guy? Well, I'm not going to say neither. Fuck, man, you and you. Oh, oh, so you're not well, say no, neither? I am going to say Nathan now. No, <laughs> no, you say you're not. <laughs> no point. No, I, Damn it, I misheard you. I'm going to say neither. <laughs> I misheard you like Brett Ratton at a fucking training session with Zach Jones. <laughs> <laughs> so was it Zach or Jack? Um, have you ever used Dr. Google to diagnose an injury or an illness? Interesting. So give me a yes or no mm. for have he done, has he done it? And if he has, what was it for? And that is a clue within itself. I mean, it is, or is it, in the way you're giving clues today? Because that can be very much like, we're also counting the waffle, and then suddenly you're not counting the waffle. That would be a great 
like clue to misdirect. <laughs> misdirect. Right, you mean? Like, yes, he has Googled it and it was how to mend someone's broken jaw when you've punched them in the face. No, I mean yes. The per- first half yes. is correct. Yes, he has used Doctor Google. Um, and um, but this is a. I would say this is a common. It's not really like an injury, but it's an irritation that happens when you go skiing, skiing or sailing. Oh, okay. So he got like a, a windburn or a sunburn, like a windburn. Yeah. I mean, in WA, imagine he goes windsurfing. I reckon that's mm. where it happened to him. Um, what's something that you are proud of? And this is like an achievement. Um, I would say it's probably uncommon for most AFL players to have achieved this during their career. Some do. Um, it's a fairly common, it's not like a huge deal for regular people, but I imagine if you're a full-time athlete to have the time to do this, you know, that, that would be an achievement depending on what he what wants. Um, you and I have both done this. We've both done it. Yeah. Okay. Um, Been banned from Revolver. (laughs) (laughs) Is it um, uh, making a living doing what I love? Uh, No, no, no. It's something that you're proud of. No, this is actually an achievement, a milestone. Oh, this is actually something that he's He completed something. Okay. Um, uh, Lost. The TV series Lost. (laughs) No. He um, completed... It's, uh, you're really overthinking it. Like He completed just, high school. He completed university. University. There you go. I wonder what he studied. What do you reckon? Probably sports science or something like that. They all study like physical education and... Business. Business, yeah. He might be business. Um, what is your biggest fear? Um, I would say he and Bob Catter. <laughs> it's not gay, not gay people. <laughs> Crocodiles. Crocodiles. Um, uh, that was we, we, interesting at Andrew Gus press conference after the Angus Brayshaw <laughs> thing. He actually, oh, sorry, the Andrew Brayshaw thing. thing yeah. He actually said like, yeah, yeah I know this is a big deal, but I'm not going to spend a lot of time on it. Because <laughs> yeah. once a month. <laughs> In far north Queensland, someone's getting torn apart by a croc. Um, okay. What's the biggest compliment you've ever received? And he's put it in inverted commas. So someone actually said this to him. Someone commented on a physical feature of his. Um, uh, I'll say it's a facial feature. A, they, okay. a, a comment about something on his face. <laughs> and it, this is a positive comment? Positive comment. That's not overwhelmingly positive, but it's like, no. it's, it's, it's like, it's a, you know what? It's kind of weird. I don't think I've ever had anyone compliment me on this before. Like if someone, I'm just trying to think of a context in which this yeah. would be normal for someone to say this to you. And I can't really like, think of one. You have a strong nose. You have an elegant nose. Something you like have that. A, but, but, but yeah, more weird. Um, you have symmetrical nostrils. <laughs> you have nice eyebrows. Oh, okay. They're a bit strange though, right? Has anyone ever complimented your eyebrows? No, I have, I have like, uh, like eyebrows that go John Howardy at the end. So mine are definitely not. Gemma compliments eyebrows, my compliment. eyebrows, but she doesn't. She doesn't tell me they're nice eyebrows. She says no. she likes them, but she's never called them nice. I don't know if she likes them in the sense that, like, you know, it's a good size. You should ask her. <laughs> yeah. You should ask her. You should say, "Would you describe my eyebrows as nice?" <laughs> um, if he could play any instrument, what would it be? Mm-hmm. Um, Brass. 
Mm, brass. Okay. Mm. Um, all right. So, I mean, interesting. Like, do you think he really wants to play this instrument? I or mean, do, does it, or is this like a f- funny thing? It like, could be funny. But funny. I don't joke? know. I mean, he's a bit of an enigma, Andrew Gaff. Um, it, this would be an annoying instrument for someone to learn if he was to pick it up now. Yeah. Okay. The trumpet. The trumpet. Um, what TV series are you binge watching? And I don't even know what this show is. I better look it up. This, to me, this seems like some kind of generic. I think it's. I'm going to say it's a cop show because of just the name of it. It is. Is it called Cops? It's virtually <laughs> like it's a cop. Like you know, it's a it's a a, a, a cop cliche to say that someone is. Uh, what? Um, it's so okay. I'll read you the synopsis. Yeah. Okay. Great. Um, blah 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 gets transferred to the anti-corruption unit after refuses to participate in a cover-up that involves shooting an innocent man to death in a police encounter it's Irish Mm. a BBC Um, show yeah okay a prime suspect no Um, no I don't know line of duty oh you know what I have seen line of duty it's a good show I can't see any I'm looking at the cast I don't know who any of those people are Kelly McDonald yeah, British. I know who she is. Kelly McDonald yeah, yeah. was in the most recent season. Okay. So, um, but oh, she. Oh, Tandy Newton. She's good. Yeah, originally. So, yeah, it's um, it's a pretty long running UK series. It's actually. And Nat Fife was in it. No. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Uh, last question. Mm-hmm. What is the best movie oh. of all time? Now, it's not. Not Shawshank. Shawshank Redemption. Okay. It, but it is a. Uh, well. It's an Adam Sandler film, and oh. I'll let you guess because that's sort of. I think most people would agree. There's probably like three good Adam Sandler films. Yes. So, so originally I was going to go with Anchorman before you said Adam Sandler. Oh, right? okay. Well, you're in the ballpark. I feel like Anchorman is like if it's not Shawshank, Anchorman's a pretty good second guess to lock in. I think in the AFL. But yeah. so okay. So if we're going to Sandler, well, you know, actually, you know, another thing I'll say to you just from researching all these player profiles. The amount of players whose favorite film is The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises, it's like shocking. <laughs> like, it's really amazing. Like, I guess the age they're at, they were probably at that, they were teenagers in like 2008 or when The Dark Knight came out. It's had like a, made a real impression on them. But there's, I've literally read about six or seven player profiles where The Dark Knight or The Dark Knight Rises is listed as their favorite film of all time. I mean, it's inspirational for players looking to come back with, from injury later on in their life. That's the... <laughs> After the knee reconstruction. <laughs> um, okay, so it's an Adam Sandler film. So, uh, look, I'm going to narrow it down to... Um, Happy Gilmore would be my choice if it was me. But he has said that he doesn't play golf, so I'm just going to put that one on pause for a second. Happy Gilmore... Um, I think The Wedding Singer is probably one oh, that yeah. could possibly be for Gaffy. I reckon he might be like a wedding singer dude. Um, I can't, he just doesn't strike me as a sort of like a, you know, Billy Madison, Billy Madison style operator, Gaffy, as far as I'm concerned. But is there a would chance you, that he likes Adam Sandler's serious work? I was going to say, would you delve into Punch Drunk Love or Uncut Gems? If Andrew Gaff's favorite movie, if he says Punch Drunk Love, I think that's really on the nose for Andrew Gaff. Like literally, Andrew Brayshaw's <laughs> nose, I would have thought. I'm going to go with Happy Gilmore. Correct. Happy Gilmore. Andrew Yabba Gaff. Uh, his favorite film is Happy Gilmore. I think Not he did bad. pretty well. I think it was a terribly yes. umpired game. 
It was just like, it's kind of hard to get a read on you after that performance. Got across the line at home. Yeah. And I've, I do sort of feel... The other team might have been a better team, but we, we got the points on the day. Yeah, I feel like you bullied the umpires too <laughs> at some point. <laughs> uh, if you want to uh, check out some other podcasts that Will and I do, mm. you can. You can go to tofop.com. We do one called Tofop, which is kind of like this, but with a little bit less uh, footy chat. We do another one called Fofop, where Will and I take it in turns to chat to various people with interesting stories to tell. Uh, and Will is doing stand-up at the moment. What do you got? What do you got to plug? Yeah, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. My show, Will Logical. I've now done a week of it. There are two weeks to go, so I would love to see you there Wednesday through Sunday this week, and then Wednesday through Saturday next week. And then on the final Sunday, I'm doing my improvised show. What you're talking about, Will? Uh, the fifth and sixth, I think, of of uh, May. I'm in Sydney um, doing a couple of nights of Will Logical, and then uh, the Sunday night, I'm doing What You're Talking About, Will. Um, and then I'm off to Brisbane at the end of May to do, I think, three nights of Wallogical and then uh, one night of What You're Talking About, Will. So they're all on sale. Um, I would love to see you there. Come come out and see a show. I think the, the Melbourne show is really funny. So I think, um, you know, people seem to have been enjoying it. So I hope you will too. And if you follow two guys, if you want to follow Two Guys One Cup, you can at, at Two Guys One Cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram. That's also where you can get in touch with us via the direct messaging service. Every week, we like to get questions and comments about the round just gone by. So here's some, Will, for us to dissect. Uh, April, regular listener April has written in to say, did you see Sam Draper asking the umpire how he's supposed to not tackle high when his opponent only comes up to his waist with accompanying hand signals? It was gold. (laughs) I've seen a few Ruckman. I mean, that's a bit of the Paddy Ryder thing as well. It's like, I can't help hurting him. They're tiny, right? Just tell me how I can hurt him. Yeah, just like he should be bigger. It's unfair. Uh, Scott has written in. Uh, Scott, I'm, I'm guessing, is a Port Adelaide supporter because uh, he's done that thing where um, he's said, after watching Port, especially on Thursday night, do you still think Port fans only hate Hinkley because, and then he writes in that kind of like, duh, mm. spelling. We don't <laughs> like Ken Hinkley because he's not from South Australia. I think it's a big part of it. I mean, yeah. literally... I still like, am absolutely 100% convinced <laughs> that is the case. After we did our tips last Thursday, I think after we did the episode last week mm. where we talked about this very thing, like, Kane Corns released a like a statement saying, you know, yeah, I think people have never really quite embraced Ken Hinckley because he's not from South Australia. I I think there's a few things going on, but that's the, that is if he's going to be your whipping boy, that's going to be the first thing you, you reach for in your whipping draw is that, well, he's not really, you know, he's not port through and through. Yeah, it's not the only thing that's going wrong, but you can't deny that there is an element of he's not even from here. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and he says, I saw that Valeteri Bottas, the F1 driver, I don't know if I'm pronouncing oh, yeah. that correctly, Bottas, Bottas, uh, had a kick with Richmond last week. Um, do you guys like it when international celebrities do this? Any particular visits that come to mind that you enjoy? I love it. I mean, I think we did a whole episode of the Footy Fixes where we talked about that, where um, Collingwood are the, the grand masters of the celebrity ring in John Travolta, Rob Lowe. Uh, my personal favourite was the Saints had Booker T, uh, five-time, 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 five-time uh, WWC champion Booker T come to the Saints and put on a Guernsey. I think Hulk Hogan also came down. Um, that's my favourite. When people who are enormous steroid-injected men put on a Saints Guernsey, I always like that. Well, you also, the wrestlers always do it. Like, not every celebrity is yeah. coming down, but the wrestlers know where their bread is buttered. You know, what the yeah, promo... They know this is their audience, this is who they're trying to get. They're like, all right, I'm going down to a footy club. I'm kicking a footy around. Uh, Matthew says, in contrast to who was the most insufferable a few weeks ago, who's suffering are you supping on late at night this week? Oh, I mean, it's hard to go past, like, Collingwood and Carlton. I mean, it was pretty enjoyable watching watching those teams lose, wasn't it? I mean... Hawthorne a bit less so. 
Yeah, I feel, I, agree. I feel scared to enjoy Hawthorne's loss because mm-hmm. I just watching Sam Mitchell in the box as well. You could just see that little mind just calculating how he's going to systematically take St Kilda apart for the next like ten years. <laughs> like I feel like it's going to come back with interest. So I, I feel scared to to lash out at the Hawks. But yeah, Collingwood and Carlton definitely enjoyed that. Um, Alex uh, says Adam Simpson said after the West Coast win over Collingwood that spirit can't that kind of spirit can't be bottled. Mm. He should know better than that after all those years at North. <laughs> that is true. He's a shin boner. How did he not know that? Well, I mean, maybe he knows it more than anybody. Like maybe he's actually saying, you know what I did this week? I rang my friends at North Melbourne and I said, hey. I've got a ragtag bunch of uh, people <laughs> coming together and I need a special delivery ragtag from Arden Street. I need a little liquid that oh. can't be bottled. And he's got and a, a, bit of, a bit of a whiff. Who's in motor spirit? You're ever loving you. Is that Adam Simpson's voice starts changing? They're all like, Adam, why are you talking like that? Because I got spirit. Okay, here's a great one, Will. Uh, have you? What are your thoughts on the Matt Roll, <laughs> Matt Rowell's parents mm. underreported his age by two years conspiracy? Are you aware of that conspiracy? No, but I think I, I mean can, it's, I, I can pick up what it is from the way you've described yeah. it. So, but I feel like they they went too little with the two years. Like they should have underreported his age by like fifteen years. Well, I think you know what I love about that theory. So I assume the theory is that he's older than he is. He's actually right? like twenty two. Then yeah. Um, which, by the way. If that is what you have done, like if you've done a little bit of like, you know, it, it always used to be a thing in cricket. Like there'd be some Pakistani kid who would come out to Australia and he'd like, yeah. they'd say he was 16, but he had like a full beard and like whatever. And you were like, I don't know if this kid is actually 16. I want to see a bit more of that in the AFL. I want to see it next year at the AFL draft, a whole bunch of 17-year-olds, and then somebody looks like Rodney Dangerfield in Back to School. Do you know what I mean? Like, just like, no, I'm, I'm also 17. <laughs> yeah. I'm just a bunch of kids with, like, burnt chalk. It's like the, the NAB mini stars or whatever, you know, that, that the Toyota mini legends. <laughs> just bring out those kids to play a game. Um uh, 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 Thomas wants to know, have the Saints been drug tested because they smell like Essendon? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Do you reckon that's going on? I th- you know what's happened definitely is we got G- we got the Giants fitness coach. And so we're running out games very strong at the moment. I understand it looks like drugs, but we're all natural, baby. I mean, sure, we had Hulk Hogan and Booker T come to Moorabbin. <laughs> sure, no intel was exchanged there. <laughs> that's fine. No, I, I mean, St. Gilda don't look like monsters. Like they just, like St. Gilda have just started playing how St. Gilda should be playing. Uh, this is from... Morgan, no, Mangory, Mangory. I think that's how they pronounce it. Um, no, sorry, this is from Brian. Would you rather? <laughs> sorry, Mangory's above this. I, I wanted to read this. This is from Brian. Uh, would you rather have Ben Brown's rig with Nat Feist face or uh-huh. vice versa? Oh, I want Nat Feist face on cool. Ben Brown's body. I think that's almost like that's perfect. You got that huge. Huge six foot six body with beautiful face of Nat Fife. I mean, no offense to Ben Brown, but like his face is not his best feature. I mean, do we even know if it is or it isn't? Like, because we're so distracted by the hair. Like, yeah. is the hair there to distract from the rest of the face? Or if he like got rid of that hair, would he just be like really stunning on Nat Fife's body? Maybe. Let's actually. make it happen. That's a good point. Let's actually, yeah, let's, let's do, do it. it. 
Um, okay, so Mangori, your turn now. What colour doesn't get enough of a run in the in the Clash Guernsey? So that's a good question. Because fluoro yellow, that's in the Tigers now. Orange, you get that in GWS. What colour doesn't get a run? Could I suggest hypercolour? Oh, that's a great idea. Like, then you would know where the tackles were, right? Yeah, well, bloody like you have Brisbane, to get the tackle. Brisbane needs to wear up. it. <laughs> to say, look, his hands were right in my back. You can still see yeah. the outline of his hands. We're wearing our waist strips and our hypercolour. Uh, Liam wants to know why, and this is, I'm reading verbatim, why you both support bad team. Mm. I don't uh, know, Liam. It's a good question. Well, Will's got a premiership out of it, so that's paid. It paid off. Why I support bad team. I don't know, man. I don't know. It's why you support bad team, Charlie? Why, why me you support, support bad, bad team? team? Me no why. Me no. Me, me <laughs> not know why me support bad team. For bad team. Um, Carlton's lost. Are you happy now? Yes. Do you think, this is from Jai, <laughs> do you think Gold Coast can make the top eight this season? Yes. Yes. I don't Hopefully think they will, do. but I think they can. Um, uh, 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 can you, uh, Ryan says, can you please continue to tip against the Saints? Yeah, mate, look, I've already done that. I'm very worried about the game this weekend. In fact, I'm worried about the rest of the season. You know, they're going to do some killing me. I think that's the way it works. I don't know. I don't know what the, the formula is, but I'm going to just keep doing that. And I'm going the opposite. I'm all in on the Saints. No, <laughs> I'm going to ride this one home. <laughs> this is from Mez. Not a question, more of a statement. Why do you suck? <laughs> Mez says, not a question. <laughs> Uh, but my brother and I have been texting each other milk sham all week. It's the best. Oh, yes. So if you missed last week's episode, <laughs> my clue for Will, uh, where well, the answer was Jake Melksham was milk sham. Uh, one of my better clues, I think. It hasn't, hasn't been topped so far. Not, not, in, this, not, not in this episode, but uh, uh, go back and listen to that for some, for some Simpsons level. It's been memed already. Simpsons level hilarity. <laughs> milk sham. And that's it. That's two guys, one cup this week. Thank you uh, for supporting us. We just got our numbers in for our first month on Listener. Pretty good. Pretty good. We were worried the drop-off was going to be far steeper than it was. Uh, so thank you, uh, everyone who stuck with us uh, over, as we've done this little changeover. And for those overseas, um, I know it's been a bit more difficult for you, but thank you for helping out. Um, I've had a few messages this week from people saying, how do I listen overseas? Just check our Twitter page, our Instagram page. There's guides there on how you can listen when you are not in Australia. Uh, but we uh, will be doing our tips on Thursday, 5 p.m. as always. So if you've got Instagram, check us out on Instagram Live for our tips. And I think that's about it. Uh, play on, not 15. Bo. We are two guys, one car. Listener.